You're listening to The Bookstorian Podcast, a podcast for book lovers and bookstagrammers. Hello and welcome to The Bookstorian Podcast. My name is Tegan and I am your host. On this episode, Booktuber Becca and the Books joins me to play a game of Bookopoly. Using a version of Becca's September Bookopoly board from last year, we play a game digitally and what happens is we roll the dice and then whatever square we land on, we answer to that prompt. That could be a book we've already read or a book that is on our TBR. There are no spoilers on this episode. I hope that you enjoy. Hello, Becca, and welcome to the Bookstorian Podcast. Hello, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. You are very welcome. I'm glad to actually be speaking back to you most of the time when I watch you. You are on a screen and can't hear what I say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it'll be nice to actually hear you for once. (laughs) (laughs) And I think hopefully our accents will be a nice blend for people listening as well. Oh yeah, that'll be interesting. I hate the sound of my voice when um when I hear it back as well. That's going to be fun. Not uncommon. <laughs> I'm, most of the time I don't listen back to the podcast. I edit and then that's it. I leave mm-hmm. it. Are you the same with your yeah. book videos? I'm actually okay with videos. Like I don't mind, but I also find um, it's quite easy to not disassociate necessarily, but view my videos as something that isn't me. Ah. as like a thing that I have to create instead of being like wow no you look weird you sound weird what are you doing so um that's good otherwise it'd probably take you hours to edit if you were that fussy about things yeah yeah I, hate I mean it already would I, take hours it, it does take a long time <laughs> um but I hate it when because I'm short-sighted so I film without my glasses on I don't bother with contacts or anything but I hate it if I've got like something like fluff on my shirt oh. or anything like that and I don't notice until I'm editing it back and it's like wow like I'm, I'm not refilming this video but wow how did you <laughs> see that I've done it with like lipstick smeared on my face before and been like how did you not see that oh no that's what I suppose that, that's why a lot of the time when people film stuff they have so many different people around and like continuity and hair and makeup and you could imagine yeah. some of the the major like movie stuff ups there would be with things like that too yeah So you are joining me today because you are a book influencer. So -hmm. your Instagram handle is at xxbeccabumxx and Becca is spelt with two Cs. And you also have a booktube channel, which is Becca and the Books. I love the use of alliteration in your title. Um, It perfectly sums up what you do. So can you, for my listeners, describe your Instagram feed um, and or your booktube channel? So you can describe both if you like or just one or the other. Um, I could do both. First off, my channel name was just supposed to be a placeholder because I'm terrible at naming things. Um, and then by the time I thought of something that was even remotely better, everyone kind of knew me as Becca in the book, so it wasn't really worth changing it. But um, my booktube channel is, I read a mix of genres, really. I'm most known for Bookopoly, which is my monthly TBR game, which we'll probably hear more about during this session. Um, but I read mainly fantasy. I used to say I was mainly fantasy and sci-fi and then I realized that I just haven't been reading a lot of sci-fi recently. Um, I guess I'm also known a little bit for reading fantasy romance as well and I've broken out a little bit more into just like standard contemporary romance and I tend to focus on self-published books. I really like reading self-published books as well. Oh my Instagram as well. I forgot about that. <laughs> 
my um, Instagram is is a little bit of a bookstagram, but it is mainly just my personal Instagram that I connected to my channel when I started, and it's just my main Instagram account, so you can see what books I'm reading. I'm not very good at photography, so it's kind of like you're not going to get elaborate like stage layouts on there, but it tends to be just like what I'm currently reading, where I went a couple of days ago, um, and anything kind of interesting. Also, photos of my cat. Everyone loves loves to see little Hammy. So he's on there as well. I've just spoken about this before, but I love how pets are always associated with reading, well, especially cats and dogs, probably not so much like fish, but no. <laughs> we, um, we, we quite like most of the time when we read, read, we're quite alone. So it's nice mm -hmm. that you have that companion of a, of a pet beside you. And yeah. if they're Instagrammable, then it's all the more easier. <laughs> It can be a bit of a pain though. I wouldn't say he's always conducive to reading. Like um, the book I'm reading at the moment has a tassel bookmark in and it's also a resin one. So it doesn't really stay in my book. So he will attack it and then pull the bookmark out and take it across the room, and which isn't helpful. Remember. But, yeah. And you can't and you remember where you were. Well. Yeah. <laughs> and you also have a booktube channel as you were describing before. Mm -hmm. And um, you have a whole range of things that you do on there. So I think that's a, also a really important thing for people, yep. whether or not they like unboxing videos or monthly wrap ups or your reading challenges with your bookopoly board. There's loads of things to discover on Becca's YouTube page. So or booktube page, I definitely recommend that you check it out. But for you, what is your favorite video to make? I am one of the most boring people when it comes to things like this. So my favorite videos to make are my weekly vlogs i vlog every week whether it's like slightly longer than a week or like we'll have 24 hour readathon vlogs in there and stuff um i tend to put out a vlog every week and they're absolutely my favorite because i feel like you have a lot more creativity in the editing process and i think that you can see a lot like everybody edits a vlog differently and you can see people's personality through the editing of vlogs so i also really love watching vlogs but aside from those my favorite videos to make and also watch are uh, the staples so book hauls tbrs wrap-ups um and like just all of the real basic stuff so i'm not super excited when it comes to the stuff that i like to um watch especially um sometimes i'll do something a little bit more creative on a whim when i'm making my own videos like i did the chubby bunny marshmallow challenge but reading smart which a lot of people seem to like um, and obviously Bacopoli is quite creative, <laughs> but aside from that, yeah, I just like, I just like the basics. I just want to know what you're reading, what you thought of it, what you've bought, all of that good stuff. And that's the easy stuff to talk about. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. the, the bread and butter of why we read or why we like to talk about it on a podcast or through a bookstagram page or on a booktube. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do you have a suggestion for anyone who wants to try and do like a book vlog or a live uh, book update on bookstagram or a stories. Like what's, what's some advice for people who want to do that and do it more regularly? Um, it kind of depends. My classic advice for wanting to start anything that's like video related, because obviously it can be quite nerve wracking to do that. And then you can come across as quite awkward because you like it's obvious that you're uncomfortable kind of situation so if you are starting straight off with like a new bookstagram or a new youtube channel i would say just don't worry about it too much and just do it because 
I always dither about making everything perfect. Like I can't make a video until I have the perfect channel name or like I have the perfect setup. But what you actually don't realize is that yes, the videos that you might be putting out at first are not excellent quality, but also nobody's really watching you. So it gives you time to get into the swing of it. And the more you do, the better you get. And then by the time people are actually watching you, you're much better than you were when you first started. That's so true. That's something that I've, um, I definitely haven't thought about before. That's a really interesting perspective. And we are like, we're our worst critics. Yeah, we definitely are. Yeah. And um, the thing is as well, like in terms of equipment, I started with my phone and phone cameras are more than good enough to make YouTube videos and things like that. Especially when you're starting out, I think I had my channel for a year and a half before I upgraded to a camera. Um, but there's still successful YouTube channels now that still film on a phone because like iPhone and like the Samsung Galaxy cameras have pretty outstanding quality for a phone. So it doesn't take much to be able to start a YouTube or a booktube account at all. Mm-hmm. And that would be the same that a lot of bookstagrammers would say as well about their accounts with their photography that yeah. they have an iPhone or a Samsung or whatever it might be to help mm-hmm. and create and capture their images. So why did you create your booktube account in the first place? Well, similarly to what you said earlier, um, I was watching like one of the first booktubers that I watched was Ali from Hardback Harder. And back then it was, it was 2017 and Tag Tuesday was a big thing. So doing like your book tags every Tuesday and Ali was doing that. And I used to watch Ali, like I still do watch Ali religiously. Um, and I would find myself answering the questions in the tag, like what you were saying about talking back to the the screen. Um, so I was like, you know what, I can do this. And then my first video was indeed a tag and I started doing Tag Tuesday. Tag Tuesdays aren't much of a thing anymore, but, um, we still do the occasional ones. But yeah, I just started like that, um, started with the staples. So I did my Tag Tuesdays, hauls, wrap-ups, um, and then just grew from there. That feeds back into what you are saying before about just giving it a go, like yeah. starting, starting with what you have. Um, and mm-hmm. I certainly think it's important that we have inspiration from other people. Like there's certainly other book podcasts that I listen to and yeah. um, other bookstagrammers that I follow because I like their content and I like what they create. And it's like free professional development. Like you quite often when, when you're engaging with something on YouTube or Instagram, you're not paying for it. So you get that, um, you get that sort of experience through watching others and learning by watching others. So as I definitely feel inspired as well when I'm watching other booktubers. So like if somebody has vlog shots in a certain style, I'll be like, oh, I'll try that next time. Or um, if I'm watching like a, a new, because we have new trends that like crop up like with any platform. So it's nice to um, kind of try and catch onto them early, see what other people are doing and kind of riff off it by making something similar but putting your own twist on it which I think is pretty much how challenge vlogs started and like themed vlogs so it's definitely inspiring and I find that especially with vlogs because I watch a lot of vlogs um if I'm feeling like my vlog is a bit slumpy because I've not been doing too great that week and I watch other people's vlogs then I'm more inspired to then go film a clip or be like oh well I can go and do this tomorrow and vlog that and it's it's good it's a good feeling 
And you also have a bookish candle company. So as if creating your own content for booktube isn't enough, you also have got this uh, company that is called Grace and Honey. Can you tell me a little bit about the candles that you make and the company in general? Yep. So Grace and Honey started a couple of months before my booktube channel. And I actually originally started making soap, which is really hard, would not recommend but um, I was watching soap making videos on YouTube and I got inspired. So I started making soap and it, it's just really difficult essentially. So I tried candles and that is when I pretty much started my YouTube channel as well. So they've both kind of grown together, which is really nice, but I make candles inspired by books. Um, I also make seasonal candles, which are most of them, I think are bookish in theme as well so like we've got the christmas range at the minute which is like merry bookmas happy holidays um and things like that and it's it's nice it's, it's a relaxing thing to make and it's nice that people actually really really like them how can people purchase your candles um you can purchase my candles by going to graceandhoney.net if you are from any part of the world that isn't the EU. And then if you are from the EU, then I have an Etsy shop, which is a Becca and the bookshop. Lovely going with the theme. Yes. <laughs> so Becca, as we have acknowledged, I think our books that we read are a little bit different. Fantasy is not my gem whatsoever. However, I do know that a lot of people who listen to the podcast do also enjoy fantasy. So this is a really good way to intertwine some fantasy reads or some romance reads uh, into mm -hmm. the podcast. And then that way too, I don't necessarily have to talk about them, but I can listen to, listen to them and learn about them. <laughs> can indeed. So how this works is we are going to use Becca's Bookopoly board that she created for September of 2021. And essentially we're going to play a game of Bookopoly to guide our discussion and whatever we roll up or roll onto, depending on the number we roll and how we move around the board, we are then going to respond to the prompt that we roll on. God, I hope I am explaining this. Okay. <laughs> using either a book that we have read or a book that we want to read okay so becca are you ready to play i am it's my game and i'm still nervous <laughs> it's so great like i love board games and it was really fun in september i took on the challenge of doing the bookathlon and yeah. i loved it like i loved playing a board game even though i had to play it on my own <laughs> It's fun, isn't it? Yeah. I really like games as well. We have a massive board game um, selection and we also play like strategy card games and stuff. But Monopoly is by far my favourite. I think we've got about six or seven different sets. Oh wow! So it was when I was trying to find a TBR game, it was the natural, obvious choice. Yeah. Have you ever played Monopoly Deal before, which is a card game version of Monopoly? No, but I know there is a booktuber that has a TBR game that is Monopoly Deal. Oh. So I've seen that being played. I yeah, think it cool. might be Bianca, Bianca Reed, who I think is a Australian booktuber. Ah, interesting. Monopoly deal, yeah, very quick, like fast card game. Um, mm -hmm. But that's, that's pretty cool that, that it also exists as a bookopoly challenge. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. So would you like to roll your own dice or would you like me to roll the dice for you? You would have you to pull can. up an online dice. You're good with that? You can roll for me. All right. Awesome. So this is Becca's first roll, which is a two. Ooh. 
So if we then move along on the board, so here's Becca here. So she's on one, two. So we're straight into community shelf. Okay. <laughs> so community shelf is the one where you randomize your own books on your shelf that you haven't read, or am I getting that confused with chance? Chance is the books. Community right. Sorry. Is the prompt, more prompts. Excellent. So that is the one that I now have on another screen with a random name picker. So I'm going to spin that for you and we'll see what prompt comes up. Okay. And it is a book you have already read, which will be... Any book I've already read. Yeah, so super easy one to start with. Um, so what is a book? Oh, I'm going to shout out um, one of my favourite indie books, actually, which is the Fortuna Swan series by Kelsey Sutton, who is also a friend of mine. We became friends through me reading her book, which is a fairy romance, which if anybody has watched my channel, they will know that I do truly love fairy romances. Um, it's a little bit of a dark one and it follows this girl called Fortuna who is a nightmare, which means that she can access what other people are scared of and make them believe that they're experiencing that fear. And her brother went missing a couple of years before the start of the story, vanished without a trace and she can't find him. And then one day she is approached by a very powerful fairy man who says that he will help her find her brother. Actually, he'll take her directly to him because he knows where her brother is but only if she marries him. That's a good time. Ooh. Okay. Still not a huge fan of fantasy, but can I can appreciate the twist <laughs> in the story. <laughs> it is now my role. So I am still on the go square. All right. I got a one, which Ooh. means lowest rated. So luckily I did a little bit of homework uh, before we met via Zoom. And the lowest rated book on my TBR, is it's really sad, actually. It's a book called The Memory Artist by Catherine Brabon. Hmm. And it is, the, the cover is what grabbed me the most because it's these maps in the background and it has like a babushka doll on the front. So The Memory Artist is about a, it's set in Russia, which instantly intrigues me because it's not a place that I read uh, too much about. And it is essentially about a child um, who's born in Moscow um, during the rule of the Soviet Union. And then what it sounds to be is there's like different recollections and observations and uh, stories that pass through time. So um, it sounds a bit kind of um, not quite a family saga because it sounds to be about one particular child. Um, and yeah. then it has connections to art as well, um, which I always find really cool. So. Yeah, haven't read it yet, so can't talk too much about it, but it is on my TBR and has been there for a little while, but is not very highly rated. That's sad. I like um, stories like that, especially if they follow like the same family or the same person through different eras, essentially. Have you read The That's Eighth a Life? I have not. That's a very family saga one. I read that over my Christmas holidays last year because it is huge um, and it's very much so a family saga. And essentially it's called The Eighth Life is because there's 
um, seven books because the eighth one's not yet written, but there's seven books and each book essentially represents a different member of the family. It's a really big, thick, chunky book. So if big books, more than 500 comes up, that's also the one I'm going to talk about. Interesting. Yeah. Added it to my, is it these, is it set in Russia? Uh, It's set in Georgia, which is next door to Russia. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. Two interesting and potentially very different books to what people have heard about before to start us off. All right. (laughs) Becca's second roll. And she has got a four, which means one, two, three, four. She's on the humans prompt. So this is a book that has humans as the main characters. So again, a really easy one for you. <laughs> oh I mean, no, it maybe is. not. I read a lot of fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just like, who is human? Um, okay, <laughs> I'm going to show out one of my favorite contemporary books, which is. It seems like it's a romance, but it's not a romance. Um, And that is It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover. I think it's getting a lot of buzz at the minute because of BookTok, which are really doing the most for romance and indie books in general. Um, But this one is about a young woman whose father's just died. And she goes up to the roof of this really tall building in a city just to kind of reflect and blow off steam because she didn't have a great relationship with her father but he was still her father so she feels some sadness and this guy comes up and offers her like a no strings one night stand and she's just like feeling impulsive so she's about to go for it when he is called away to perform emergency surgery because he's on call and he's a neurosurgeon um so it starts off like that and then it skips to where they kind of meet again by fate and this romance starts to blossom but we also have a little bit of complication because she's also been going through her diaries from when she was a teenager where she was friends with this homeless boy who'd moved into an abandoned house that was like behind her house and it's talking about him and her feelings for him as well so we have content warnings in here for domestic abuse it is a real rough read But something that I really love about it is that it puts you in a difficult position that you hope, especially as a woman, that you hope that you never have to be in. But it does it in such a realistic way where it moves through the entire development of a relationship, the good bits and the bad bits. So you're along for the ride with the main character. Um, And it's, it's a painful read. And it's very complex and delves into a lot of gray areas, I want to say. I haven't read a single Colleen Hoover book yet. Wow. I also if, think they're not as readily available in Australia as they are in the UK or in America. They're not super easy to get hold of here. You could order right. them online, but like they're not in bookstores. Like a lot of mine I've thrifted or read as ebooks. But uh, I say if you want to get into Colleen Hoover, the best, her best book, in my opinion, objectively, like her best book is It Ends With Us. Um, the rest are like really dramatic wild romances I really like her because they're super unrealistic really dramatic and really angsty which is what I like from contemporary romance like I want all of the drama (laughs) no matter how wild it is (laughs) all right it is my second roll and I've just rolled a three so I'm currently on the lowest rated and now moving one two three to TBR veteran so this is a book that has been on my TBR for a while. 
Um, so, so far I've got two TBR ones, so I definitely am not sounding overly as eloquent as you are because it's a bit hard to talk about books too much when you haven't yeah. read them or they've been sitting on your TBR for so long you can't remember why you added them. <laughs> I can relate to that. <laughs> so my TBR veteran is Chronicle in Stone by Ismail Kadar. I hopefully pronounced his name right as well because normally I can look into it a little bit more. Yeah. So the reason why this one I added to my TBR is I was on an online book club and the online book club was focusing on reads from uh, around the world. Um, however, at the time I actually couldn't get a copy of this book and I also couldn't get it from the library. I even suggested it as a purchase from the library. I'm going to steal a little bit of the description for this book to help me remember what it's about. The first sentence of it says, the story of a young Albanian and primitive Albania awaking into a modern world. So it essentially is set during Second World War, which is probably why I would have originally added it, being someone who really likes historical fiction. But I have overdone it on the Second World War front in terms of books that I've read from that era. So it would also suggest why it sat there for so long on my shelf. Definitely. Like, I can relate to that. With me, it's um, romance at the minute. I read too much romance earlier in the year and now I just, I can't do it anymore. Oh no. And Christmas is the perfect time to actually pick yeah. up and read a romance. I might try like a nice, cute, fluffy, because I like dark romance a lot. Um, and I've also been getting into erotica a little bit more over the last year. But um, I think I might try a cute, fluffy holiday romance because I haven't read one of those and it might help me get into the Christmas spirit a little bit. And there's so many of them around as well. But if you don't yeah. jump on them quickly, I find they're gone in the next few weeks from shops and you can't actually buy them as you get closer to Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is now Becca's third role. So she's currently on the human tile. And a six. Ooh. So one, two, three, four, five, six. A mood read. Are you a are you a mood reader first and foremost? No, I'm not. I'm actually um I've abandoned Bookopoly this month and I'm rolling as I go. So instead of like building my TBR at the beginning of the month, I'm just whenever I finish a book, I'm rolling for a new one. Um, I'm trying to mood read because I haven't mood read in four years, but with work getting busier with Christmas, I thought it was a good idea. And it is actually, I'm finding it really exciting. Um, so I guess what was the last book that I picked for that, that I mood read? Um, it kind of, yeah, it was kind of a mood read. My first role for the month was Dragon Keeper by Robin Hobb which I feel like I need to mention some fantasy here. And I did read it because it was part of my book club. I have a book club called Catch Up Book Club where we're currently reading The Realm of the Eldlings by Robin Hobb, which is essentially a, is it 15 or 16 book series? But they're all split up into smaller series. So I started reading the fourth series this month, which is The Rainwild Chronicles. And that one is all about dragons, essentially, which is, it's nice. I would recommend definitely, like, if you are interested in the Realm of the Elderlings at all, to jump in right at the beginning. But it's this very complex series that flip-flops between a young boy who's the bastard son of a king or a prince 
and has been abandoned by his family and like there's magical elements in there but it focuses a lot on politics as well and then you also have um two series in the world that are more magical and focus on things like dragons there's also pirates in there but they all weave together and something that i think robin hobb does really well is that she realistically portrays societal issues that differ around the part of the world so even though this is a fantasy world you have people who believe different things about the same thing so like the magical elements in the world in the different parts of the world they treat them differently and think about them in related in relation to different things which i think is great um and really like well developed for fantasy world and she also does really good character work and she writes the best most realistic unlikable characters that i have ever read so you truly truly like I've never hated characters as much as I hate the villainous and like antagonistic characters in Robin Hood books. They're so awful. <laughs> so, so awful. <laughs> it's a great plug for that series. Yeah. <laughs> so it is now my third role and I'm really hoping I get something that I can hopefully talk as passionately about as you have spoken about each of your roles. <laughs> All right, so I got a five. So one, two, three, four, five, which is monsters. <laughs> to someone who doesn't read a whole lot of fantasy. Okay. And again, the one that is on here um, <laughs> is one I haven't read. <laughs> uh, but you this read? One... Like, I'm not getting... Have you read a book? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just pretend I do. It's all for the gram and for the podcast. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this one I spoke about uh, on season three with a, another bookstagrammer, Courtney from Not So Well Read. And after hearing her talk about it, I added it to my TBR. And going back through and preparing for this podcast, I stumbled across the monsters tile and I was like, okay, um, monsters or demons, I think was the other suggestion as well for this particular, uh, for this particular prompt. So this book was the one that came to mind and it is the library of the unwritten by AJ hack with. So it hasn't been on my TBR for overly long. And this is the first little bit in the bio. So uh, many years ago, Claire was named head librarian of the unwritten wing, a neutral space in hell where all the stories unfinished by their authors reside. So it kind of interested me in the sense that it's about books. And I think any author that writes stories about books knows their, their target market very well. And mm -hmm. essentially it just sounded like an interesting premise with the idea of having this library of unwritten books sit amongst the sort of hellfire um, of hell. Is it one that That's you've read before? <laughs> it's on my TBR actually. It's a book that I wouldn't normally read, but I must have seen somebody talk about it and been intrigued. Yeah. Um, but no, I haven't read it and I don't own it yet, but it is, it's kind of on my radar. It's one of those, if I find it in a secondhand shop, I'll pick it up, but mm. I probably wouldn't go out of my way to find it. Yeah. And I'm thinking, um, it's actually at my local library. So I'm thinking when I do get the urge, it probably won't be something I, I will buy just in case, uh, again, not being much of a fantasy person, I do pick it up, but it, um, yeah, it certainly sounds a bit interesting. It's kind of, 
I guess it has tones to like Matt Haig's uh, The Midnight Library in that sense, that whole idea of like worlds that you could have uh, lived within or having a look at other paths um, that mm-hmm. you could have taken, but with something that seems a lot more darker and evil. <laughs> yeah. All right. It is now your fourth role. So you are currently sitting on the mood read. So Uh you just got a two and you're now on the who tile. Oh, that's, um, I'm trying to remember what my own prompts are. That is one that I know nothing about essentially, isn't it? Yeah. Read a book that you have never heard anybody talk about or have heard very few people talking about. Oh, (laughs) Oh, that's a hard one. It is a hard one. <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to go and look at my um, Goodreads TBR and see what's on it. I have one that, I'm gonna sh- that I wrote down while you, while you look. And mm-hmm. I recently read it, and I haven't heard many people talking about it. So if I landed on this tile, mine was going to be Careless by Christy Mapes and Beth from At Beth's Bookshelf recommended this book to me. And it is set in Shepparton in the 1990s, which is outside of London. It is about a teenage girl who discovers that she is pregnant and that happens in the very first chapter. So there's no spoilers there. It's raw and open and honest in the fact that it tells the story as it is and this teenage girl that we meet Bess, she has this incredible kind of monologue that happens within her story and her life where she'll be thinking about the situation she's in. And then she's suddenly reflecting back and thinking of another moment that has absolutely nothing to do with it and snaps back into the present. And I think that my thought process often does those things where I'm thinking like, oh, I'm in this moment here, like paying for petrol. Oh, that reminds me of this. And it's completely um, off track altogether. The first Mm -hmm. part of the story is very much reflective of her relationship with Boy and his name is Boy. Um, It's it's not done, I don't think, as any kind of literary device. It's simply Mm -hmm. that's his nickname. And we kind of backtrack through their relationship together. Um, And then... the story is in essence about her making a decision about what to do with the child. And it also reflects the foster care system and the, the, the harm that it can have on children's lives and potentially some of the rules that surround it, like not being allowed to hug um, children in your foster care or potentially not having photos of them in the house. And maybe you've had them for, they've lived with you and a part of your family for 10, 15 years Um, yet they potentially still can be this monetary value of of income. And Christy Capes, the author, she has actually experienced life in the foster system. So quite often her thoughts, I believe, are expressed through Bess and what she thinks of of the system and potentially her experiences as well. I got to talk about a book that I read, (laughs) even if I sort of steamrolled you a bit there. (laughs) Have you found one? (laughs) I, I have I have found one, um, and I'm going to talk about one that I haven't read now. So I received this from the author for review, and the author reached out to me himself and essentially just sold this book to me. Um, it's called Stormblood, and it is the first book in the Common series. It's an adult sci-fi, and he essentially sold this to me on the basis that he was inspired by the Red Rising series by Pierce Brown, which I have read this year and absolutely loved. 
Um, so it follows a guy who used to be a Reaper, which is a bio-soldier fighting for the intergalactic governing body of harmony against a brutal invading empire. Um, and then the synopsis says, now he fights against the Stormtech, the DNA of an extinct alien race harmony injected into him, altering his body chemistry and making him per- permanently addicted to adrenaline and aggression. It made him the perfect soldier, but it also opened a new drug market that has millions hopelessly addicted to their own body chemistry. So I haven't read it yet, but I am going to be, I'm going to try and pick it up this month, if not next month. But I, like I read Red Rising, thought I was going to like it, didn't realize how much I was going to love it. So now I'm super hyped to um, pick this one up. I can't believe sometimes how multi-layered like sci-fi books can be. Like for someone to sit down and go, and then this happened, and then that happened, and then this happened, and it's all Mm -hmm. completely imaginative. (laughs) And then build like a completely fantastical world as well mm. with magic systems that have rules and like books with plot twists that take you by surprise. I just can't fathom it. I would love to write fantasy, but I honestly just don't think I have the mental capacity to do it. <laughs> yeah. Or like, it. are there any ideas left out there that no one's written about already? <laughs> yeah. All right. It is my fourth role and I am currently on the monsters square. And I've just rolled a one, Ooh, which means I'm on the, on the TBR game. Now, I wasn't sure how to do this one. Interesting. Because normally how that works is you find a TBR game and play that game. Is that correct? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> do, I, do I skip it and go to the next one or do I roll again? <laughs> or is that a roll think, again square? <laughs> I think you could have a roll again. <laughs> Okay, so I'm now on the TBR game and uh, Becca, who created the board, has decided that I can roll again. So that's, that's the ruling we're going with. <laughs> All right, a three. So one, two, three. Okay, mood read. Excellent. Okay, I am a massive mood reader and or even like topic. Like, okay, what do I want to read about next? I went through this process yesterday, actually, because I finished reading uh, Infinite Country by Patricia Engel, and that is about a Colombian family that is separated across uh, South America and North America. And whilst the book was quite small, it was it was quite hard hitting and uh, quite sad and reflective of the story of their experiences. So I was kind of thought, oh, I'm not into something as serious as that one this time around Uh, maybe Mm. something a little bit lighter or potentially delving back into a historical fiction and the book I ended up picking was Silence of the Girls by Pat Barker which is about essentially about the women of Troy so I've only read the first chapter and Mm. at the moment what's happened is the women of Troy are being moved into the citadel and they can hear the Greeks like banging on the walls and, and coming closer. So essentially I'm going through what I am calling a Greek renaissance in the fact that, or a Greek connaissance. Yeah. Either one or the other where I'm just immersing myself a lot in ancient Greek myths and legends and stories And part of me is doing it because I absolutely love ancient history, but part of me is also doing it because I'd love to do an episode on the podcast this season about 
the Greek retellings or Greek myths, because that's certainly a very popular genre of book at the moment. So, so far, so good. I'm enjoying it. We'll want to pick it up again. Probably will before I go to bed tonight. <laughs> I've heard of that one. It's not one that I, I probably won't read it, but my um friend is like a big, like her thing is mythology and retellings. Mm. So um, I think it's one that she's either read or has been on her radar, which is how I know it exists. <laughs> it's a it's a really textured cover as well. Like it's this paper, mm. thick paper cardboard that um, I'm worried because I have sweaty hands that it's going yeah. to get damaged. <laughs> All right. So Becca is currently on the who tile. So we might do uh, maybe two more rolls each. Six, a nice big massive roll. So one, two, three, four, five, six. You're on a Becca wreck. Perfect. Um, oh no, what books do I like? <laughs> I'm trying not to go for like my obvious favorite authors and try and think of something like a little bit more niche. Okay, I have one, another one that's a little bit of an odd one for me. Um, because it's a children's book and that is the Nevermore series by Jessica Turnsend, which is just, I'm, I have a friend who reads a lot of children's books and it's, I can read, I like them, they're cute, you know, they bring you something that you don't get in adult books because you have all of like the joy and the cuteness and sweetness. Um, so I went into Nevermore thinking like, I'll just have that light, like fun fantasy read and then it would be done and it would be something that yeah I liked but I never thought about it again but this is one of my favorite series of all time so we're following this young girl called Morrigan Crow and she is a cursed child so everyone in her town thinks that she is bringing all of this terrible look on them so I think she's destined to die on the eve of her 13th birthday and she's swept away by this guy called Jupiter North who takes her to this fictional land called never not fictional like hidden secret land, I guess, magical land called Nevermore, where he enters her into a series of trials to gain entry into something called the Wondrous Society, which is like a, it's kind of like a magic school vibe, but it also has like technology and just really imaginative, fun, quirky things in it. So I love this series because it gives me all of those vibes that I expect from middle grade. Like it's really cute. It's really fun. Morrigan Crow, like you really feel for her because she's had a lot of people being horrible to her her entire life. And that doesn't stop when she goes to Nevermore. So something I didn't expect from it is that it would make me angry when people are mean to her. It has such an imaginative world. Like Jessica Townsend has done such a good job with like this magic school and it feels even though it's entirely fantastical, like one of the elements of it is that they have something called the brolly rail, which is where you hook your, like the little hook on an umbrella onto like a rail. And that's how you go, like travel around the city. And it's so like ridiculously not real, but written in a way that you can believe that Nevermore is a place that you could go to if only you knew how to get there. And I absolutely love that about it. So the first three books are out. I think there's going to be at least three more books in the series, but it's just, it's wonderful. And it gives you all of those wholesome vibes that you only really get from children's books, which I also love. I have heard a little bit about that series and the same thing where people who potentially don't always read like middle grade stories have delved into it and certainly haven't regretted spending the time with that series. 
no it's it's so good and it's so unexpected as well because i didn't expect to be sitting here at 28 saying that a children's series that i've read in the last couple of years is one of my favorite series ever but it's just so good (laughs) (laughs) all right my next role okay so i'm currently on mood read and i've just scored a six as well so one two three four five six oh okay (laughs) (laughs) myth lore legend or fairy tale okay so even though i haven't read a whole lot of fantasy books because this is quite broad in the fact that it mentions myth lore legend or fairy tale it uh, blends quite nicely with a collection of short stories that i read this year love in color by baloo babalola and it is a short story collection that reimagines myths from different cultures around the world so that most of them are, are recreated for modern times and they are a whole range of different stories about love. And they're, they're short, they're sweet, they're beautifully written and they, they definitely have taught me a lot about other cultures and particularly like creation myths or um, myths about gods in other cultures. And the book completely took me by surprise. So this is when I was like, oh, I'll get it from the library just in case I don't like it. And I absolutely loved it. And I haven't really seen much of it on um, Bookstagram. So I certainly uh, recommend that story as well. So might have even be a nice like Valentine's Day read. <laughs> That is another one that I've heard of, but I haven't read it. It's a stunning cover as well. Like the, I've, I'm such a um, visual person, but the, the cover is, is beautifully done. So yeah, it's a beautiful right. read. I'm glad I got to talk about it. <laughs> All right, Becca, you ready for your final role? I am. Um... Okay. Three. So you're currently on Becca Rec. And now you are going to Opulent. So Opulent from memory is read a book with opulent vibes. So for example, a book with foiling on the cover, a book set in a palace royal court with royalty as main characters, or a book with rich main characters, a book with a beautiful cover. And I like your little tile here too that has the the gems on it. It is, um, I, I'm not gifted with drawing like anything that's artistic like that painting. So anytime something comes out relatively okay, I'm just thrilled. <laughs> uh, considering my lack of skill, like natural skill, I think I did a good job on this board. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I see most of the books that I read feature royalty, but now that I have to think of it, I just don't have a clue. What do I have next to me? Oh, I know a book with a beautiful cover or like a beautiful edition because I have the Fairy Loo edition of it, which I'm waiting for the sequel, which I've also ordered the Fairy Loo edition of. And that is Kingdom of the Wicked by Carrie Maniscalco. Fantasy romance, this one is the first book's YA, but I believe that the sequel is going to be New Adult, which is exciting. But this one follows a girl who I can't remember what her name is, which is weird because I remember her sister's name. And part of the plot is that her sister is murdered. So she's not even in it that long. But um, her sister is violently murdered. 
and these sisters are both witches. So when her sister's murdered, the main character starts to dabble in dark magic to find out what happened to her sister. And in doing that, she accidentally summons a prince of hell called Wrath. Now, we know I like my fantasy romance, so I think we can see where this is going. Um, And I didn't like the first 40% of this book. It felt kind of just like, nothing I hadn't seen before, nothing was really overly exciting me. But past that point, I just flew through it. So there's not too much romance in the first book, but I feel like we can tell that we're setting up for some good stuff there. And the description of food and the atmosphere in here, because it's set in Italy, I think, is it Sicily, maybe? Um, But like the description of food, because the main character's family own a, what's the Italian word? Is it like a a trattoria or something like that yeah that sounds right to me I I think so (laughs) but yeah her family owns that and she does a lot of the baking and the cooking so reading this book just made me so so hungry and then the end of the book just went in a direction that I completely did not expect and has me really excited to read the sequel especially because it's going to be going into a more new adult direction um, and the fairy loot edition has like gorgeous stenciled edges with like flowers all along um, the pages, which is, it's stunning. It's funny that you mention the food and the descriptions of food uh, within this particular book, because it's not something that I would associate with a fantasy book. And sometimes you don't even like read about them eating at all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually reading at the moment um, A Taste by Stanley Tucci and he is an author um, who has an Italian family. So he's describing his love of food and where his love of food comes from and like the memories and the recollections that food has for him. So I thought that that was a nice little tie into what you're talking about there about Italian Mm -hmm. food and um, how it's described. And I'll listen to it in the morning, particularly when when I'm getting ready for work and uh, when I'm driving to work. And yeah, it makes me incredibly hungry for this beautiful like ragu and bolognese and yeah. all these all these beautiful things that I can't pronounce and that my Australian accent is going to butcher. So I'm not going to try to say lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> my um, partner and I went to Rome in 2019 and I have never eaten better food anywhere. Like everything was amazing. And we were ordering like vanilla cappuccinos from this little like coffee shop or cafe across the road. And I don't know what they use as syrup, but it's, it's, it's not normal coffee syrup, but it's the most beautiful tasting thing I've (laughs) ever had. And just the food. So I was reading this book and I was thinking about Rome and I was like, I just want to be in Rome right now. And it's the middle of a pandemic. So I can't even leave my county, never mind my country. (laughs) And I just want good Italian food. All right, so it is now time for my final roll. So I am currently on Myth, Law and Legend. Now, I've just landed on Becca Wreck. <laughs> Thank you. Get another roll for that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And all right, six. So one, two, three, four, five, six. Just... <laughs> You're doing so well. Um, Steeler Books, okay, I think I must have written something down for Steeler Book. And the way I've taken it is that I, this is a book that I borrowed from a friend and I have already read. So You literally stole a book. 
Yes. <laughs> um, and I also highlighted it and I didn't write in it. I didn't go that far, but again, one of the ones I was like, Oh, I wish I had my own copy of this because I really liked it. And it <laughs> is uh, the memory police by Yoko Ogawa. And it is a speculative, speculative fiction book, which is my new favorite genre of book where it is set slightly in the future. And it alludes to it being near Japan. Um, it is a Japanese author. It is a work of translation. So those sorts of things line up. And essentially what happens is slowly things start to disappear as do their memories. So they might wake up one day and suddenly there's no more perfume and their perfume disappears slowly throughout the day or they have to go and I think I've heard of that book actually it's but I think I'm interested in it it's beautiful and um I well I don't I can't I don't want to talk about it too much because you obviously start to give away what starts to happen but it is a beautifully well-written highly reflective story that has ties to things like uh, colonization and uh, cult- like loss of culture, uh, loss mm. of memory itself, even things like climate change and other impacts that we have on our environment. And yeah, it's beautifully well done. And I'd love to do an entire podcast episode about it filled with spoilers because there's so much to talk about with this book, but it's a good one to end on. Nice. Right, thank you so much for joining me on the Bookstoring Podcast, Becca. Thank you for inviting me. I've had a great time. I think that we've done a mega episode because I don't normally record for nearly an hour. And now a sweet treat just for you as you listen to the entire episode. Here is a little clip of what to expect in next week's podcast. Uh, So we've mentioned a number of authors already this evening and it's okay if you've got more than one because I know I do, but who would be your favourite romance author and what books of theirs do you love? I think the author that I recommend literally to everyone um, is Talia Hibbert. She wrote Get a Life, Chloe Brown, Take a Hint, Danny Brown and Act Your Age, Eve Brown. Um, So they're about three three different books about three sisters um and their romance and they're just really good um get a life chloe brown i mentioned earlier it's just honestly one of my favorite books of all time um chloe brown has fibromyalgia which is um a chronic condition where your muscles um have like a lot of pain and i actually have that too so to have a book where the main character is suffering from fibromyalgia as well. It was like really special to me because I was just like, she is me. (laughs) So I really loved it. And like the romance side of it, like the guy was so, so, so beautiful towards her when it came to it. Um, And it was just amazing. And then the other sisters have things as well. Like um, Eve is on the autism spectrum and she has, um, she finds someone who's, accommodating to that and it's just it's it's all beautiful everything about it is amazing her series is just wonderful you have been listening to the bookstore and podcast don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and follow me on instagram at the bookstore and podcast <laughs>